Yes, you're wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. I have only got one thing to say today, Shelby. Oh, dear. And that is Oscar nominee <laughs> Eurovision Song Contest <laughs> colon the story of fire saga. Yeah, I saw I saw Twitter was a gag and aghast at that. But I thought of you and I was happy for you. You know, it's Believe always it great not. when the best movie of the year receives recognition <laughs> yeah. it deserves. Truly, truly the honor we should have seen coming for that movie. Are you disappointed in the song chosen for the uh, honor? I mean, let's be real. It should have been Ya Ya Ding Dong, <laughs> but I think that... I this was always going to be the song if they were going mm. to nominate a song from this movie it was going to be Husevik the sort of like yeah. big ballad at the end it yeah. wasn't going to be Volcano Man yeah. or one of the more zany numbers so yeah. I'm just I'm just so excited it's really <laughs> I mean we'll get into it but it's up against a bunch of scrubs so I yeah. hope that it just sweeps the competition yeah, I mean, good news for me, uh, Promising Young Woman wasn't snubbed, so <laughs> we have a few items to discuss on that front. Yes, 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 yes. Promising Young Woman, which Shelby and I both really, really loved this year. Yes, so good. Uh, they reached out to us, and we have got a giveaway for everyone who listens to the podcast. Yes! Uh, this is truly a delight to share because um, this was a favorite it continues to be a favorite and I will fight for it until um, my dying days. Um, so we're just excited to be able to do this for you. Um, let's go ahead and share the details on that. As a reminder, this is the movie of the year, IMHO, but <clears throat> it's actually now yours to own on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD. You can dive deeper into the critically acclaimed and wildly entertaining Promising Young Woman starring Academy Award nominee Carrie Mulligan. You don't want to miss this Rotten Tomatoes certified fresh film that critics are calling a game-changing masterpiece and one of the best films of the year, now with exclusive bonus content that takes you behind the scenes of the Edge of Your Seat story with the cast and writer-director Emerald Fennell. So, bring home the film everyone is talking about today on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD by entering our giveaway and seeing if you're one of our lucky um, three winners? I think five winners. May the odds ever be in your favor. I can I can I enter to win? No, Shelby, you cannot <laughs> enter. You have to get your own <laughs> copy, Blu-ray copy of Promising Young Woman with the special behind the scenes features yeah. yes. on your own. This is for okay. listeners. Okay, fine. I'll, I will not rig this giveaway, but um, you'll be able to find more details on our social media. We'll be doing it on our Instagram. So get over there to see what you've got to do to be entered to win this uh, delightful and uh, thought-provoking film. Also wild that they quoted us on this when we said <laughs> no, one of the best say. films of the year. Like, did say, we not oh just gosh. say that? Yes. So basically they respect our authority um you heard it here first promising young woman partnered with psu wrong so yes <laughs> that's that's the caliber we're at mm-hmm. they knew that we were a high mm-hmm. class yeah. brand and One they reached step out closer to being academy voters mm-hmm. so <laughs> yes we're basically almost there and <laughs> Promising Young Woman did very well today. It got five nominations. It got Best Director. It got Best Picture. It got Best Actress. I think that this was a movie that some people were thinking early on would be sort of like a one-hit wonder, like maybe Mm -hmm. Carrie Mulligan gets nominated, but that's the extent of it. But no, people have been loving Promising Young Woman. It's continuing to build hype, and I feel like it's a big contender for a lot of these awards. I mean, once again, we have to acknowledge what a weird year it is um it's the eligibility was you know january 1st through march 1st yes yeah through the end of february yeah and so you have a few stragglers there this ceremony will be airing april 25th yeah i mean it's been a weird year for movies I don't think anyone anticipated this. So it does feel like in some of these categories, people were just trying to fill some gaps. But there are some worthy contenders that I don't think could have fought against some of the more 
big name operations that that studios have decided to hold back until theaters open. So um, it's kind of an interesting year, kind of fun. How did you feel about everything? Yeah, it's it's sort of because because theaters were closed. And so a lot of the bigger budget movies were pushed back to next year and therefore will be eligible for next year's Oscars. Probably we ended up with sort of a smaller group of movies. Mm -hmm. I think that we're sort of picking from. So it feels to me in some ways, there's a lot less variety here than there normally might be Uh, because it really is the same about 12 movies that just repeat (laughs) in a lot of these categories. And some of those I think are, really wonderful kind of small tiny movies like i think in a normal year minari sound of metal promising young woman i don't think those are movies that really make it is into this conversation you don't think it's a chance i mean that's what people say is one of the greatest films well it's just i mean maybe i have minari is one of the ones i haven't seen yet so i i still need to watch that (laughs) but but I feel like it's a it's a smaller film. Yeah. It's not in English. I mean, Parasite obviously was a huge deal yeah. this past year. But I think that had you had the full gamut of all of the Oscar contenders out and about, I just don't know if we get some of these smaller movies or if some of those spots aren't taken up by like West Side Story and Dune yeah. and In the Heights and those kind of more big budget movies. Like, yeah. I think if those movies come out, some of them are taking some of these nomination spots. So then it's like, what gets left out? And I feel like it's more likely that it's a little tiny movie that gets mm-hmm. left out than something like you know, Mank, which feels like it was always going to be an Oscar favorite, no matter when it came, even if it is a slow, dull movie. Yeah, it's almost like it's like I expected that kind of movie to always take the big categories. Like that's what you get is sort of these dull, (laughs) you know, snobby films. But what was more surprising to me was looking at these sort of tangential um, awards. Yeah. And just seeing what was nominated. So much random stuff. Like visual effects is one of the weirdest categories. Like it's Love and Monsters, which is, we did a giveaway for that. It was the um, uh, YA. Like Dylan O'Brien. Yeah, Dylan O'Brien fighting monsters. Midnight Sky, which was a Netflix movie no one liked, but had George Clooney in it. Mulan, obviously. Tenet, obviously. A movie called The One and Only Ivan. And I'm like, did we just all agree to ignore Wonder Woman 1984? Like, is that something that was just decided I... across the board? Because it didn't get anything. And usually one of those, like, superhero films sneaks into one of these categories. Well, visual effects is a category where, one, you always get sort of the big, like, outer spacey movies get yeah. in here. So think, like, Interstellar or Ad Astra or that kind of thing. So I feel like Midnight Sky, I guess, kind of took that spot. Right. And Tenet was a huge of deal. Course. So you can see why that would get in here. But yeah, it's like, I don't understand what happened with Wonder Woman. Um, Underwater. Uh, the fact that the yeah. one and only, yeah, even um, Birds of Prey could have been right. eligible in this yes. section. And instead we have the one and only Ivan, which I think is about Brian Cranston and like a fake gorilla. Oh, and it's on Disney+. Plus. And then mm-hmm. Mulan, which most people thought was bad i guess the visual effects were fine but i'm surprised that that showed up in as many places as it did today given how much people just in general didn't like that movie yeah it's just it's interesting what the academy has decided isn't worth acknowledging from a year where so few movies even made an impact (laughs) because it is just like i was i mean i guess emma got nominated for costume because i was gonna say there was nothing like pre-COVID that got much love, like Birds of Prey. Um, but Emma slid in there for costume, so I guess that was their one. <laughs> yeah, Emma got costume and makeup, and I'm trying to look at any of these. Yeah, I think that might be it, legitimately. Yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of just a weird, weird uh, hodgepodge of movies. It's also interesting because. I feel like usually in the best picture category, the best picture nominees are, you feel like there's some that are big front runners and some that are like just lucky to be there and that that is reflected in the nomination amount that they get. But aside from Mank, which got 10 nominations, and I think that's 
almost all of those are in craft categories. And it's just because that was a big expensive Netflix movie. And one of the only like big expensive movies that were here this year, the father Judas and the black Messiah, Minari, Nomadland, sound of metal and the trial of Chicago seven all have six nominations and promising Young woman has five. So it's like everything feels sort of up in the air in best picture and like very, even in that all of these movies got similar amounts of love in the categories. And if you think about it, like racking up all of those nominations, that's a good chunk of the total nominations right there in the eight best picture contenders. I was sort of surprised that it was only eight this year and that they didn't throw a nomination for like (laughs) one night in Miami or Ma Rainey's black bottom. But I guess that they just, people are not into these play movies. I think as much as, as it, yeah, people thought they were going to be. That was one of the complaints with the announcement was that um, people felt like Regina King was snubbed. Um, but you look at that. I think the best director one was getting the most attention because it's the first time that two women are nominated at the same time. Um, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. Um, and then you have Fincher, uh, the Minari director, and Thomas Vinterberg which is another international film nominee. Um, and people were like, this is kind of exciting, but also like, where's Regina? But it's also interesting because this is the first time where the majority of these directors have our first time directors. Like the only one who has been nominated before is Aaron Sorkin, who, or wait, am I getting this? I think David Fincher is the first. Oh yeah, is the only one who's been nominated previously in Best Director. That's right. And then yeah, because then Aaron Sorkin didn't make the cut. Thank heaven. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, Aaron Sorkin and Regina King didn't get in. to Best Director. They were sort of the two that were like hovering on the edges. So you saw you saw One Night in Miami. Did you feel like she deserved a spot here? I mean, I liked One Night in Miami. It's sort of hard to say because with that and Ma Rainey, it's like they're plays that are then being put Mm -hmm. into a movie format. So they're very kind of limited in scope. I mean, One Night in Miami, the majority of it takes place in a hotel room. So I think that while, yes, she is a talented director and being able to do that well, when you think about some of the things that people in these other films had to do as a director, you know, Chloe Zhao driving all over the God's green earth recording, um, you know, Francis so Dormand and, and yeah. all of, well, and all these people Seems. who aren't actors and trying to get those performances. Yeah. And like, I don't know, there's just a lot more going on in something like Nomad Led than in one night in Miami. Mm, mm. I'm sort of surprised that one night in Miami didn't get more appreciation just in general, not even just in director, but like it didn't get best picture. Um, I think really it's just Leslie Odom Jr. And then the song in the movie that got the nominations. So I don't, I don't know. And in best picture, I know that the way they do it is it like has to do with vote counts and whatever, whether they have eight nominations or I think it could be anywhere from five to 10 actually in best picture. Mm -hmm. So I know it's no one's fault that one night Miami didn't get in there, but I'm kind of like, okay, we have two extra spots. Like you might as well have, (laughs) someone should have voted for this film. Right. Yeah. It is sort of like, uh, like you were saying, all the movies got a lot of award (laughs) nominees, like um, Mank led with 10 total, which I'm just like really dragging my feet on watching that movie. I can't describe to you how uninterested I am in this movie. And I I mean, it's about Citizen Kane, right? Yeah. Have you seen Citizen Kane or watched? Yeah, I saw Citizen Kane. You know, I can admire Citizen Kane, but why do I have to watch a movie about <laughs> Citizen Kane? The only thing that I think you might find interesting is the Amanda Seyfried storyline in it, which okay. I think is really good. And that's the best part and the best performance. I mean, the movie is long and I did not think it was all that <laughs> Well, Great, so it got Tim noms, including all the major categories. It has big, it has big Irishman energy for yeah. me. Of yeah. like, got it's a lot like of these craft nominations, white. but yeah. like, Mank has not won very much. 
in the precursor awards. I don't know if there's that many people who like love Mank. I think especially in this year where there wasn't a lot of big budget movies, it looks really good. So it's going to sweep a lot of these technical categories and I'm sure we'll win the Oscar for some of those, but I could see this really like not going well for Mank and having it be 10 nominations and go home with, you know, one award. Fingers crossed. Um, But then most of the other nominees got at least six. Um, Travel to Chicago 7, Sound of Metal, Nomadland, Minari, Judas, and The Father. And then um, I think Promising Young Woman got five. Yes. So, and Ma Rainey got five. Yeah. And News of the World, the Tom Hanks Western got four. And then One Night Miami got three. Um, I did want to ask, looking back at our half mark you know, rankings. <laughs> yes. Do you feel like Tenet was robbed in this, uh, in this body? It only got two nominations for like the visual and editing, I think. I mean, I really liked Tenet. Yeah, which... you understood it, which so few yes. did. <laughs> well, I mean, I had to only read 95 <laughs> articles about it and see it twice, but I can understand. I, I think for a movie like Tenet to be really successful, it has to be loved more. It has to be mm-hmm. more of an Inception thing because mm-hmm. Tenet is is a, like a little too blockbustery for the Academy to go for initially. Yeah. And I think it's just too confusing. And especially okay. if you think about how a lot of these voters are like older people. Like if I took my grandparents to go see Tenet, they'd have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I mean, like I had no idea what was going on. And they're Ageism. not going to be like looking up vulture <laughs> think pieces trying to figure out like, okay, what was Elizabeth the Bicky doing in this scene? Yeah. You know? Yeah, so I don't no. know. My my favorite of the half year mark, I think actually both of ours was to Five Bloods. And um, that only got nominated for Best Score, which I'm happy for because I remember the music being really good. Um, it's against Mank, Minari, News of the World, and Soul. I really don't know any of those movies except Soul, so I can't speak on this yet. But again, that was one where I'm surprised. it, it lo- I mean, I know people didn't love it, but I thought it was... <laughs> I thought it was good. I think it was just really hurt by the fact that it came out so early and that this whole thing has taken so long. I mean, when did that come out? Like June or July? Oh, way earlier. And between the the election and Black Lives Matter and the insurrection and COVID and the vaccine (laughs) and just having it be like eight months or 10 months or whatever since this movie came out. Like, I think it just kind of got lost in the shuffle. And Delroy Lindo was so good. I I really wanted him to have a moment. I also think that Delroy Lindo, who would have been in Best Actor, was hurt by the fact that we have one of the better best actor lineups in recent history i think usually it's a lot of like but this (laughs) it's like we have riz ahmed for sound of metal which i think was great chadwick boseman for ma rainey which is yeah like 90 percent going to win and was another fantastic performance um steve yoon in minari which i've heard only good things about anthony hopkins in the father which i think is supposed to be a really good performance as well i haven't that's I haven't seen. And then Gary Oldman in Mank, which is probably the one that I would bop out and switch Delroy Lindo for. <laughs> but like, you know, old crusty white guy in a movie that gets 10 nominations. It's not like <laughs> Gary Oldman's bad. Um, so I don't know. I just think that yeah. I think if this had been like the Rami Malek year that Delroy Lindo would have easily got a spot. But it's kind of it yeah. was tricky in a year where there were a lot of good contenders that well, people, and, and were uh, people who really liked um oscar history steven yoon is the first uh asian man nominated for actors best actor so <laughs> only took yeah. 93 years <laughs> there was just so many good like narratives for why you would vote for these people like i, I think it would be hard to I, this this was a hard category i feel like for oscar voters this year to you know sift through so yeah. i don't know yeah. But I do, I did, I did really like Defy Bloods, and I wish that that had gotten in here more places. So, alas, what about the Bomb Squad people? They couldn't, we couldn't have snuck any one of them in here to Best <laughs> Actress when they're getting pulled off a landmine. Yeah, 
Or um, the old guard, you know, where's my, where's my Charlize nom? Like, you know. No, Charlize I... was not good in that movie. <laughs> she was, her sniffing that baklava, mm-hmm. no thank you. There were better people. <laughs> give it to, give it to, uh, um, uh, what's her face from, uh, if Beale Street could talk, who was like oh, the soldier. Yeah. I thought she was, she was better. Yeah. Or, um, you know, they could have done. What people the woman in the about. casket they could have done invisible man and given um oh no what's her name elizabeth, elizabeth moss. moss her uh her chance her her time remember back at the beginning of the year when we were like there's no there's gonna be no movies it's gonna have to be ben yeah. affleck and elizabeth moss they're gonna win we have nobody else yeah. and everyone was like no over our dead bodies will we be giving anything yeah. to something that came out january through march we will come up <laughs> yeah. with films and they yeah, did because in in best actress you have viola davis for ma rainey's andra day for billy holiday and she won the um not golden Grammy, globe. the uh, golden globe vanessa kirby for pieces of a woman francis mcdormand for nomadland and carrie mulligan for promising young woman so i mean it's a good it doesn't make me mad this lineup I mean, would I love to see my dear Rosamund Pike in here for I Care A Lot? Of course. <laughs> but, you know, oh, man, I sadly she didn't make the cut. I'll say this, though. I saw I watched the United States versus Billie Holiday over the weekend. It is a long movie. It is not a particularly good movie. But and it is a, a d- depressing movie. Yes. So it's, it's like biopic. I can see why this got this nomination. <laughs> but it is like it's just when are we going to be done with the musician who's addicted to drugs biopic it's like well, it's, it's not interesting anymore. stop being addicted to drugs like I what guess, do you want to do like go back in time but be- <laughs> between that and pieces of a woman i'm like oh ugh, just too real <laughs> too real sad. where's birds like, of prey yeah. when you need her i know where is birds of prey <laughs> but viola davis is great i honestly think that this is going to be a carrie mulligan win because what? A Carrie Mulligan win. I think that Carrie Mulligan is going to win this. Because Promising a Woman, obviously people like it. I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. I don't think that Emerald Fennell is going to win Best Director because she... It's it's her first film. And I just kind of think the nomination is like the win or whatever for her. And (laughs) in this category... Uh well and also Chloe Zhao I think is going to win best yeah. director and yeah. has won it at like every awards body so far. But if you look at this lineup, it's like Viola Davis and Frances McDormand won recently. Andre Day and Vanessa Kirby are like new first time nominees in movies that got th- no other nominations aside from them. And then you have Carrie Mulligan, who's very well respected, who has been nominated before, who people really like, who's in a movie that people really like, who's giving like the performance that is the movie. I just can't see you well, not voting for her. I mean, the same people who voted for Rami Malik would vote for Billie Holiday. You know what I mean? Like there's just this laziness yeah. to accepting a good impression of a real person that so you think andre like, day is oh, gonna wow. win i feel like that's who i that's who i'd see because i mean it's like a oh wow look look at our next big star sort of yeah. like the jennifer lawrence of it all and mm-hmm. so i don't know i feel like i could see that coming one because it's more recent and two because they love a biopic <laughs> mm-hmm. well, so, well you know one see. bullet at least that we dodged was Amy Adams winning for best actress for hillbilly elegy <laughs> for crawling around on the floor next to the toilet. Yeah. If only, I guess I was curious if you had any strong feelings about any of these other, um, categories about, well, uh, I mean, I'm very excited for song, which we talked about with, mm-hmm. with, um, Eurovision. And, you know, I'll say this, you know, I, I'd make fun of your love of Eurovision, but, I also make fun of you thinking any other song could have stood a chance here. Um, but I was recently forced to watch the Muppet movie. Um, and Rob <laughs> reminded me that that song, Am I a Muppet or Am I a Man, is a Oscar winner. Um, so, like, never say never, you know? Like, shoot your shot when you have your chance. And... I really do love this song from Eurovision. And I feel like people who saw this announcement were just taken aback by Eurovision being an Academy Award nominated film. 
without actually having heard or seen this performance. And so I I would be all for this win. I think, honestly, this is a dud of a year for original songs. So that one made me feel something and is memorable. And it mattered to the film in ways that these movies, these other songs that were just like tacked on to the credits just didn't, you know? Well, I saw all five of the movies that are nominated for best original song already. And I could not tell you like, like you could play any of those nominated songs for me. And I could not tell you whether I had heard it or not, or whether it was in the movie where the Eurovision song like is integral to the plot. And also (laughs) it's a good song. Like I have listened to it separate of the movie on various occasions and it is a bop. So Um, which one won the Golden Globe? It's the Life Ahead song, EOC scene. Uh, But the thing with that one, and I think which could be, I think that there's multiple spoilers here for Eurovision. (laughs) I think that either one, they could do the thing, which they, well, no, well, yeah. But they could do that thing where they, that they've done previously. So Leslie Odom Jr. is nominated for one night in Miami as be- in best supporting actor, but he's also nominated here for a song for a song. Right. And obviously people like him, people like Hamilton. I could see them giving him the Oscar for this sort of like they did with Lady Gaga, where it's like, okay, you were in this movie. We're not going to, nom- we're not going to give you the Oscar for that. Cause they, you want to give best supporting to Daniel Kaluuya, but right. we'll give you an Oscar for original song. The other thing is that this song from the movie, the life ahead, which is a Sophia Loren movie. That's not even in English. That song was written by Diane Warren, who has been nominated like 12 times and never won in this category. And so I think that you could also have voters be like, okay, none of these songs are that great. Let's just (laughs) give it to Diane and get her out of the door, you know? Yeah. So it's tricky. But hopefully people listen to the music, (laughs) watch Eurovision Song Contest, and really just vibe with it, love it, listen to it on their Spotify, and vote Husevik. I mean, which which song would you have preferred to be nominated just for the performance at the ceremony itself? Oh, my gosh. I mean, <laughs> I think my favorite or one of my favorite. Oh, it's so hard to say. But I, I love like the mashup from the mm. movie with all of the Eurovision contestants. And I feel like that would be such a fun thing to do at the Oscars. But that's also a mashup of a bunch of songs. So it wouldn't even be eligible anyways. But yeah. I like. I Lion feel like of love. I really feel like that. That would allow Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens to mm-hmm. <laughs> remind people he exists. Also, He's I would love Double Trouble if they brought out those giant, the giant hamster wheels and had people performing <laughs> them. Like that's a spectacle. Tell, that's like, shallow. Honestly, honestly, it would be almost exactly like Eminem coming out. I feel like the entire audience would be like, "What is this song?" Because I don't. Yes. Think anyone in the Academy has watched Eurovision. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I just, all, or, I, just the, I mean, I also, this is the only thing I'll say is that it was on Netflix and it was on Netflix early in the pandemic yeah, or early enough that I think people were sitting around with not that much going on. And yeah. I think that were there a lot of cat Academy members who were desperate to watch it? No, but was it possible that their child or their spouse or someone might've put it on, or they were just sort of like looking for some light fluffy fare because the pandemic was so miserable. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, Emily in Paris, I mean, it got a number one streaming so. for a long time. So people watch <laughs> Emily in Paris. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> How come that couldn't get an Oscar nomination? Did you have any categories that you were especially excited about? Well, I liked watching the announcers, um, Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas, have to say Borat's subsequent movie film in its full name twice, (laughs) which is just like, I saw this movie and it's... Okay, all respect to the original Borat. I really do think the first one was better. I think it... It played more into what it wanted to be, which was a fake documentary. But this one was much more scripted and clearly motivated by a specific plot uh, surrounding his daughter, played by Maria Bakalova. And I just don't know what it's doing here. (laughs) I honestly would have been way, way more down with Birds of Prey, with like Invisible Woman, literally anything else nominated. Um, Obviously, it went 
to the only nomination it got is actress in a supporting role for the daughter who has been nominated in the other awards as well. Um, she has not won, and I do not think she will win this because she's against Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and um, Yoon Young. Oh no, I should have looked this up. <laughs> yeah, the grandmother from Minari. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name either. Yoon Yoon Jung. And so it's like a weird mesh again of just kind of forgettable roles. Like, I mean, that's the vibe I get is that there's not really a strong contender here, but it's kind of just like, okay, we'll just slap together a a list of five women from movies. Well, this is the category that Jodie Foster won at the Golden Globes and she's not even nominated here. So, yeah, yeah, it's like Maria Bakalova isn't... Uh, an actress who's been in a lot of things. So you kind of feel like, and she's in this Borat movie. So is she good in it? Yes. But also like, are they going to give it to her, a newcomer in a Borat movie? Uh, probably not. Yeah. Olivia Coleman just won an Oscar. Um, so you're, they're probably not going to give it to her. You have Glenn Close, who people I think want to, to give an Oscar <laughs> to, but she's in Hillbilly Elegy, which everybody hated. I yeah. think that it really kind of comes down to the grandma from Minari and then Amanda Seafried from Mank, who both have careers that are established, who are both doing good work and who are both in movies that clearly the Academy likes. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think it would go to one of those two. But honestly, who knows this year? Because this category <laughs> has been so dicey the entire time that yeah. any one of these people could win and I would not be shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Bora and also, also landed a an adapted screenplay nomination. So well, maybe uh, that maybe that will be the one it, it takes. <laughs> Shelby, you have to read the full name whenever you say it. You have to read know, Borat subsequent even... movie film delivery right. of prodigious bride to America regime <laughs> for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Yeah. Otherwise, we're not going to get paid from them because <laughs> they're giving us money to say that. Do you think that would be the biggest surprise if that if that one adapted screenplay? If the <laughs> if the other movies just split the vote way too much and suddenly Borat came out on top and like, they announced that live on air. Okay, so I, <laughs> this adapted <laughs> screenplay section is wild to me. It's a it's a very strange category, and I'm confused as to what's going on in it. Because I understand that screenplay is more than just dialogue. You know, there's a lot of things that you're writing in a screenplay. Uh, mm-hmm. You're shaping the arc mm-hmm. of a movie. Mm-hmm. But we have Bo- Borat subsequent movie film, which is a sort of like bunch of gimmicks that are strung together. Like there is a yeah. plot, but it's not like it has a script script aside right. from we're just going to you know, kind of do these various things. And I think they shot a bunch of stuff that they didn't use in the film. So it's a kind of like documentary shooting more than scripted. And then you also have Nomadland in the same category, which is also similar in that a lot of the stuff wasn't necessarily scripted and it was a little bit more documentary. Now that is based on a novel. So it's like there is some you more lectured work there. me about that on our but, Golden Globes. Right, uh, yeah, but it's like, it's, that's what's, then you have One Night in Miami, <sighs> which is a play. So it's like, yes, there's a screenplay, but it's based on a play. So it's not really like a screenplay. You're, they're just stealing something else and making some tweaks to it. And then you have The White Tiger, which is some Netflix movie that I hadn't even heard of until today. So... I mean, I guess, does that mean that the father wins this category? Because it's the only <laughs> thing that like sort of makes sense to be here. Oh, I don't I'm even 100% know. I'm 100% positive Nomadland is going to win. I feel like that's the thing is the Academy makes a big, big like talk about like, oh, all these categories, but then they don't even know what the categories mean. It's like the same. It's why they had to combine sound mixing and sound engineer editing, even though they're totally different categories, but it's because they were just so clueless about what it was and i feel like it's the same here they'll just see nomadland and they'll check the box yeah yeah so yeah, i could see that happening i could see it happening yeah uh-huh. that's my take but um then original screenplay you have a lot more creativity on obviously uh judas and the black messiah minari promising young woman sound of metal and then the trial of the chicago seven which i'm just like so sick of hearing about if but... there is <laughs> one thing though that i was excited to see the day it was the the trial of the chicago seven i think did a m- much worse than people thought it was going to yes i right. think the steam is quickly 
leaving this film because everyone said that Aaron Sorkin was sort of a shoe in for best director and he was the spot that got stolen from. Yeah. And like it didn't get uh, it, Sasha Baron Cohen got the nomination for best supporting actor for that film, but it didn't get any other acting nominations. I just feel like it's sort of dying on the vine here. And even though Aaron Sorkin, you would think would kind of be a front runner in screenplay because that's sort of his space. I could easily see them being like sound of metals really good. And we're not going to uh, like, there's not very many places to honor it. We mm, really young, love promising young woman. Maybe, maybe you give Emerald Fennell that Oscar instead of director. Cause clearly they really like her. No. Um, I think the same exact thing you could do with Minari and then Judas and the black Messiah Messiah, I think is getting a lot of steam. So I, I feel think like this is a, all of these could win. This is going to Minari because it's, they're not going to give it best picture, but it's also not available for best foreign. So I think it'll it'll score it here. Yeah, I could I could 100% see that happening. And yeah, if pe- people really like Minari, this is this is a category that they usually give to sort of like a fan favorite that they're not going to give to something else. So <laughs> yeah, it's a consolation prize. Yeah, but it could be promising young women. You know, um, they they often get the popular vote in here. I think Get Out won this, or was it just nominated? No, I think Get Out did win yeah. this. So, I mean, I'd hold out hope for Promising Young Woman, but I feel like when it push comes to shove, I will put down Minari as my vote. In the Did you watch of... Minari yet? No, but no. I am excited about it, and I think I will really like it, <laughs> just based on, uh, you know, nothing. Um, so I think we will find a way to watch that. It's really Minari and The Father are the two that I haven't seen yet, and I'm... Oh, there's so many of these I have not watched and I'm not looking forward to. Yeah, it's a slog. It Uh, is a slog, let me tell you. Have you watched very many of the animated ones? Well, we watched Soul and Onward for the podcast, so that's two at least down. Um, I, you've watched others. I've not seen well, or heard no, of any of these. <laughs> well, uh, they were just on, uh, they were, I think they're all streaming movies, so oh, I okay. didn't know if you had no, stumbled I upon haven't. them. Because I think Over the Moon and the Shaun the Sheep movie are both on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel drawn to watch a Shaun of the Sheep, Shaun the Sheep movie. Sometimes you watch weird things on streaming, I'm actually, Shelby. I'm pretty picky about animated films. I really, oh, okay. I really don't like a lot of animated movies. So, I'm well, not, Wolf like, Walkers is the one that's sort of like the indie darling of the mix. I right. think it's like everyone knows Soul's going to win, but they're like, but Wolf Walkers is better. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy for them. I probably won't watch it. Do you watch all the animated ones too? I I last year I watched every single nominee. Oh wow. Good which <laughs> Um well now it's a pandemic, Shelby. So <laughs> You're right. What else do you got to be doing? Uh, okay. Um, so then who's going to win documentary? Best documentary. I haven't heard of any of these. Well, um one of them I talked about on the podcast, Shelby. So Oops. that's just rude. <laughs> remember i talked about time and it's like these it's like the man goes into prison and it's like 20 years and you did did not are you did i not talk about this on the podcast maybe this is one of those things where i thought i was going to talk about it and then i changed my mind at the last minute i'm like i mean you i'm gonna be honest you probably could have talked about it and i probably could have tuned it out i you know it it happened this would have been like in the last month though so i think maybe actually i just didn't talk about it but time is the front runner and time is about this black couple who are arrested for i think like robbing a convenience store or something and the husband gets put in jail you know for a crime that is not that didn't have really that many consequences to it and he served the amount like the sort of smallest amount of his sentence that he could serve and he had good behavior and his family like wanted him out and his wife was petitioning for like years to get him released in prison and out of prison and there was really no reason why he still needed to be there except for it was sort of in the south and kind of like these like racist people deciding how long your prison sentence is because that's the truth like there's no real rubric it's sort of just up Mm. to these judges on when you get out or not and so but the whole time this is happening this woman was like filming herself and her family so it's a lot of like home videos and things Mm. but it's very good and i feel like you would really like it and it's the front runner 
Okay. So there's that. And then we also have Collective, which I and The Mole Agent, which I think are both foreign films. And my octopus teacher, I think, is like a nature documentary. Oh, perfect. Um, I'm really into that right now. Oh, oh, are you? <laughs> I follow like I I just yesterday started following like 18 nature accounts because I just I don't know. I, I just saw like a picture of a whale and I got emotional and I was like, Do you, you need know me what to like I call need? someone or I need, like, like sea turtles in my check feed. up on you or something? <laughs> okay, well here's my final I think question. that's on Netflix. Okay. okay, then I'll definitely watch it. Um is there something that you feel was truly robbed, or do you feel like this was a good enough representation of 2020 plus? Um, okay, let me pull up my list of movies from this year that like my ranking. I mean, really, I did love I Care a Lot, and I think that Rosamund Pike's performance in it is really good. So mm-hmm. I sort of feel like. And that category I don't think is like super, super strong. So I would have liked to see her in that. But I also understand that that movie sort of really wasn't in the Oscar conversation at all. So I'm not like shocked that it wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, I also loved Bad Education, but that wasn't eligible for the Oscars because it was a sort of an Emmy play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think like I I liked Bill Murray and On the Rocks. I think that he would have been a good supporting actor nominee. But again, yeah, I don't I didn't there was nothing like super, super egregious or or there wasn't anything like Tony Collette and Hereditary that I was just like, I love this and this should be nominated. And it's sort of in the conversation, but people aren't going for it for whatever reason. Um, Was there anything that you felt like? you really wanted to see here that didn't show up? Well, I mean, obviously, (laughs) Miss Americana was robbed, right? Uh, (laughs) Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. No, but only the young. That that should have been the original song. Um, I think the only one that gave me pause was I really, really enjoyed the documentary On the Record, which came out early 2020 and was about the uh, music executive in the me wasn't too movement that like a was it a multi-part thing though i feel like that was a tv show no, thing it was or a, wasn't it it was a movie was a oh movie. i guess the problem was i guess maybe it wasn't eligible because it didn't go to theaters now that i think about it maybe that was the problem but i also admit that i haven't seen these documentaries that are nominated so i can't even tell you if it if it would hold up but but that was the one I feel where like I was the like, documentaries oh, are usually pretty good. Like I've watched them all the last couple yeah. of years and I've really liked them. So yeah. I I don't know what some of these are even about, but but you're excited. I feel like the documentary branch and the foreign branch both or international film now. It's like those people know what's going on. They're sort of off in their little world that's not affected by like publicity and who's doing news stories and who's popular and stuff it's like most people don't know aren't watching these international films so the ones that get picked by the people who are watching them i feel like are usually a pretty good representation of like actually the best films of the year whereas you know it's not like with glenn close getting nominated for hillbilly elegy it's like okay well was that the best performance no but she's glenn close so that's why she's here where i don't know i so i usually the documentaries i think are good and they and remember last year i watched that apollo 11 one because i thought that it would get nominated and i it was bad and then it didn't get nominated so they know what's up i guess yeah I mean, I guess the only other question I had was, and I don't remember if they did this for Golden Globes, but supporting Where's Hubie actor, Halloween? No. <laughs> supporting actor has two nominees from Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, both. yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. <laughs> the fact that neither of them are supporting actors. Just, they're the two leads yeah. of the movie, and somehow they're both in supporting actor. It's like, well, huh, what What kind of witchcraft was, was involved a strategy here? strategy or an accident do you think because to me i mean i guess the thing is chadwick is going to win best actor so maybe they didn't want to compete with that but it is sort of a stretch to say that they're both supporting actors but i don't know i think that you a movie usually if it has two actors who are you know leads of the same gender they'll try to stick one of them in supporting and one of them in lead 
so that they're not competing against each other. Yeah. And, and I guess sometimes, like, if it's an ensemble thing, they'll run them all in supporting. Like, sort of how with Modern Family, it's like ev- all <laughs> of the Modern Family actors ran in supporting because right. it's an ensemble. There's not, like, a lead lead. But I've, but Judas and the Black Messiah is not really an ensemble movie. Like, right. there's two main characters, and somehow they're both in supporting. And it is strange because I think Lakeith Stanfield was running in lead. Like, they sort of realized that Judas or that Daniel Kaluuya's performance was flashier and more likely to win. And so they put him in supporting the category where he wouldn't have to go up against Chadwick Boseman. And then they put Lakeith Stanfield in the category where he would just because they didn't think he would win probably in any ways. Honestly, what my like a, a thought that crossed my mind, which I don't know if this is like at all accurate or not, is that I bet some of the old voters didn't know the difference between Daniel Kaluuya <laughs> and Lakeith Stanfield and were like we like the guy from Judas and the Black Messiah and somehow voted for the wrong one in supporting <laughs> even though he was running in lead and that's how I this want happened. a documentary about this exact thing that happened but, in the academy <laughs> but I I mean I like obviously that's not what happened but I was like, how, like, how did he get in here? He wasn't even <laughs> running in this category. He hasn't been nominated, like, really for anything all yeah. season. Like, they just really must have loved Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. But I don't even understand how, like, how did, where is the concerted effort among people to vote for him in supporting? Like, I could see people liking Judas and the Black Messiah and being like, I'm going to vote for him for lead and I'm going to vote for Daniel Kluge in supporting. But like, who told them to vote for Lakeith in supporting? <laughs> like, where did they come up with this? Yeah. So do you think with your theory, it will divide that vote and neither of them will win? Even though Daniel Kaluuya won a Golden Globe and I think... I guess I haven't checked any of the more quiet. I mean, awards. I think Daniel Kluya was the front runner yeah. for this category, but I do feel like that maybe like Keith Stanfield siphoned some votes here, even <laughs> though I probably think that he's like the fifth out of five in this yeah. lineup. And you wow. know, you, you have Leslie Odom Jr. who who probably who might win best song, so maybe people don't vote for him. <laughs> like, is this where all of the Borat people vote for? Sasha Baron Cohen for yeah. Trial of Chicago 7 and also all the <laughs> Chicago 7 people vote for Sasha Baron Cohen. It's like when like, are they going to vote for what they're voting for? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but According to Matt, they're just like, "Oh, well, I liked Leslie Odom in Hamilton, so I'll give him a vote here." You I no you don't think that it? that happens. <laughs> I think that there's lots of academy members who don't who who don't watch movies but vote anyways. <laughs> And I think that there's lots of, oh, I like this person and this and this person. I mean, like, if if Taylor Swift showed up on some ballot for something, like, you would be hard-pressed to vote against her. You know what I mean? Like, even if it was... Even if it was for chances. I would never. I'm a... Listen, if anyone from the Academy is listening, I promise, were you to (laughs) let me into your ranks, I would never let my personal preferences color the uh, votes of that year. Um, ma'am, we just received your ballot and you voted <laughs> for Taylor <laughs> Swift and Cats yeah. for all <laughs> five of the Best Supporting Actress <laughs> nomination slots. Like, have you heard of Evermore yet? Um, yeah. yeah. No, the I think The Cardigan be... music video is not eligible for Best Picture. <laughs> I'm sorry. So here's the question. Now that, um, you know, Biden is like, well, everyone will be, have a chance to be vaccinated. And we all know these celebrities are probably all vaccinated already. You know, it's like... Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Do yes. you mm-hmm. think that they will do an in-person ceremony or that it's still too soon? Well, the Grammys did some kind of in-person something or another. Very, very small, but yes. So I don't know. Like, I could see... And and you're going to have... I mean, with the golden globes like they already had all those presenters there and sometimes for the oscars you know it's like you have people from the films i don't know i could see them doing something or at the very least doing something that was kind of like uh what schitt's creek did at the emmys Mm -hmm. where like okay everyone from minari goes to the director's house and everyone from promising a woman you know is in carrie mulligan's backyard and whatever so i don't know i could see it well, we just have to wait till April 25th. <laughs> yeah, that's wild that yeah, it's still it's so far away. Year. 
and, and <laughs> such a, such a well we got lots of movies to watch yeah got to yeah, prep for our year-end review lists <laughs> i don't want to watch mank to you gotta watch hillbilly like... elegy shelby <laughs> what if my top don't doesn't change from the first half of the year like can we just copy that audio and paste it over whatever you want to say and see how that goes or i guess so i have to i have to fight for promising young woman so yeah fine. you have to fight for promising young woman and there's gonna be a lot of hubie halloween stuff <laughs> oh that wasn't gosh. in the earlier one so help us all well in any case don't worry about that yet go to our social media enter to win a copy of the best film of the year promising young woman um and let us know what you think of the Oscar nominees. You can find us on Instagram, on Twitter at PSYourWrong. Send us an email at PSYourWrong at gmail.com. Um, anything else? No, I think that's it. Yeah, we're super excited for the giveaway. And Oh, well, next week, <laughs> talking about best films, uh, uh, it's time to talk about no. Justice League. So watch no. the first the original, then watch the Snyder Cut. I am not. No, no. we'll no. be back next week. No, I am not watching. I, <laughs> I am only watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You seemed very, you seemed very excited about that. About the Snyder Cut? Yes. <laughs> I just don't think it'll be that different. And I just, I'm just interested to it's see. It's four reaction. hours, Shelby. It's got to be different. It's longer. The, didn't you watch, so you watched Justice League Extended or you just saw I watched Justice just, League? No, no, I've never seen Justice League. Oh, I watched, you have to. Are you joking? I, you have to watch the original so you can compare no, it to the I, I'm not watching six hours. Like that doesn't even make sense. That doesn't even make sense. You had a year to do this. It's not my fault that you're cramming before the test. I watched the extended Suicide Squad and the extended Batman versus Superman. What will the conversation be if you haven't watched the original? And I watched Wonder (laughs) Woman. And the second it one, just, woman. it doesn't make sense to me. Like, what? What will you? But we what we, will we you different say? perspectives. Different perspectives. Oh I'll come into gosh. it and be like, "Was this a good movie by itself?" And you'll come into it with, "Oh, let me compare uh, it." Well, just think about it. Talk to people. Get their opinions. Because I think okay. I'm I'll, the I'll, right here. I'll 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 read I'll read some uh, I'll read some like what's the difference <laughs> posts. Okay, okay. As long as you can convince me that you watched both, then I don't care how you do it. Oh, I'll lie my pants <laughs> off in order to not have to. Do it.